Hello Fetchers, this is a Fetch Everyone crowdsourced podcast, the best bits of 2020. Fetch Everyone is a free website for runners, cyclists, swimmers and anyone else. All features are free and happy users make donations to keep it so. Weekly, monthly or one-off contributions can be made by clicking the donate button at the bottom of the website page. This is Fenland Flyer talking to you. Our first contribution is from January when Trin talked about her December Malaga Marathon. Hello Fetchies, right this is Trin. Uh, I'm standing at the start of the Malaga Marathon. Two weeks ago today... I was standing at the start of the Valencia Marathon, so um, this is fun, so we're doing it all over again. Um, no target today at all, I'm still recovering from Valencia I think, so it would just be go out there and enjoy it and get to the finish line. Um, running on the spot, aka my husband Paul will be supporting me today, so he'll be saying a few words along the course while he's out there, and hopefully at 24k... Um, when he hands over a full bottle and I give him back an empty bottle, I'll be able to say a few words, words then too. So uh, I'll speak to you later. Bye. Give us some beans. <laughs> Hello, this is Running On Spot, live from the Malaga Marathon. We're now, or I am now, at the 11k mark. I've just hot-footed it over from the 8k mark where I saw Trin and she was on schedule. Um, in fact, a few minutes ahead, so I'm guessing she's going to be a few minutes ahead here at number 11. So we'll wait and see. I'll let you know when she comes through. Hi again. Um, I'm now, I've moved a little bit, I'm at the 12k mark. The 345 bus has just gone through. Therefore, with my ready reckoning and having seen that pass, I don't think Trin should be too far away. She was looking good at the 8k mark and was a few minutes ahead of our estimates, which we based conservatively on a four-hour marathon, which will be fine, as this is, um, as Trin would say, not a target marathon. Just a marathon. So I'm watching the runners and riders come through and hopefully Trin won't be too far away. Go Trin! Here she comes coming through looking good. Feeling a bit babe. Looking very good and is perfectly on schedule. Um, I confused her a little bit because she was expecting to see me about a kilometre earlier. But all good. So on to the next stop, which is um, for me, which will be the 24k mark. I'll see you later. Hi, this is me again. I'm at the 22k mark. I just thought I'd give you a little bit of sample of some of the um, course entertainment. Here we go. Thank you. 
or so um, as you can probably hear unlike London the uh, streets are not lined with supporters nor paved with gold but still a very good atmosphere and gradually more runners coming through probably waiting for the 3.15 pacer for too long so be back to you soon so still in position at kilometre 24 few more runners coming through now. It's getting a little bit more crowded and I think Trin should be around about 10-15 minutes away. Um, obviously we're just over 24k so we're over halfway mark so guesstimating the time she'll come through. It's a little bit more difficult. I'm hoping somewhere between 10.35 and 10.45. Um, we did originally say 10.47, but gauging her progress up to 12, I reckon she's ahead of that. But yeah, that was 12k away, seven and a half mile away. So we'll see. Anyway, be back to you soon. So quick word from Trin. How you doing, hey. babe? Yeah, I'm, pretty, I'm doing pretty good. Oh, okay. fantastic. Uh, I can still, I can still feel balance in my legs. Yeah, seriously. I bet, I bet. So it's going to be a bit of a positive split today. Take it steady, take it but, steady. Uh, yeah. Great. Now we're going out for the loneliest part of the course. <laughs> and uh, I'll see you see at you 36. Six. Six, 36. Mm. Good luck. Bye. Catch Bye. You Bye. Back. And there she goes. Back on to the race again. So, as she says, um, I'll see Trin again at another 12k. So, back to you soon. Hi again, um, so I'm here now at kilometre 36, um, don't think trying to be here probably for anywhere between 10 to 20 minutes, hard to say now because obviously we're further into the course um, and as Trin said maybe the Valencia fatigue is still uh, going to kick in on this um, second half and I'm um, just watching a lot of weary runners running a slight downhill into Malaga centre of town before they kick off uphill a little bit towards the edge of town before coming back again into the um, pr very pretty finish line by the marina right in the centre of town so I'll keep fingers crossed the train won't be too long and in good state so train has just gone past um, 11.47 so that was inside the predicted time looking a bit fatigued um, but fingers crossed she's going to do okay she looks better than she did look at this point last year for definite so right I'm going to hot foot it back to the finish and hopefully get that before Trent if I can so my 
final supporting position now. Um, quite close to the finish. A bit livelier here, as you can hear. Um, I reckon we're probably about, I'm probably about 200 metres from the finish line. Um, and it's around about seven minutes past midday. And Trin could be through probably any time in after 10, 10 to 20 minutes from now, I reckon. So, I'll be waiting here, your reporter, in Malaga. So, it's now 12.21. Hoping to see Trin come around the corner very soon. There's only a couple hundred metres left to run. This will have been a tough last five or six K. So, really hoping Trin's going to come into sight soon. Looking not too tired. Waiting here with baited breath. I can see about 100 metres, no, about 50 metres. In front to a corner, still no sign of the red visor and the fetch shirt, but it can't be long. Hopefully, here she comes in view. Go on, Trin, give us some beans, Jeff. <laughs> and there she goes. Well, that's great. I'm confident she's got the sub four in easy grasp. She's looking pretty good, actually, she's still moving slowly and she'll be pleased to go over that finish line okay Trins survived through the line finished got a goodie bag and now he's recovering although it's definitely taken a lot out of her but she's now ready to speak she's already done Sky and NBC but <laughs> and now for fetch <laughs> the best bit yeah <laughs> oh my god that was tough um, last 10k I was walking quite a bit in, in each mile so uh, but it's only to be expected but I think I, I beat my Barcelona time um, it's a quarter PB um, beat my Barcelona time to say and sub four so I couldn't hope for better really after two weeks after Valencia so um, thank you for, for all the support on the course running on the spot I just couldn't have done it without you um, <laughs> Thank you, bye. <laughs> Welcome back, Fetches. Our second contributions from several Fetches who visited the Archers studio in February. Here we all are in the mailbox in Birmingham. Um, I'm Baroness BL. Hells Bells. Quimby. Ice Maiden. Lazy Daisy. Jenny Farfar. Well, it's lovely to meet you all, and uh, here we are. I, I know some of us have met before, but most of us haven't. Um, what are you all looking forward to about? being in Ambridge. <laughs> well, we were planning on doing the um, park run, but uh, it was cancelled this morning. I know, Felpersham's yeah, like Felpersham. that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're looking forward to the tour. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how long have you been listening to the Archers, Hells Bells? as long as I've been born. Wow, wow. <laughs> what about you, Quimby? Have you been a lifelong fan? Definitely, yes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, when did you start listening, Ice Maiden? Probably at least 20-something years ago. No, 40-something years ago. You're right. 40 something years ago. 
uh, yes, I've been listening. I'm, I go back to Walter Gabriel and Tom Forrest. Yeah. Time, wow, that's, so that's a long time. I'm ago. a relative newcomer. I've only been listening about fifteen years. Yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've been listening probably forty years as well. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, well, we'll be going into to the BBC building just behind us in a moment or two. So I guess we'll catch up again once we've um, been through the farm gate or wherever we're going. <laughs> Right, well, we've, we've just come out of Ambridge. We're back in Birmingham now. <laughs> and here we are, the victorious Bridge Farm yes. team. <laughs> what did you think, Lazy Daisy? <laughs> um, it, it was good fun, yes. It was uh, interesting to see the sound effects and the props and things like that. The best bit was the quiz at the end because we won. <laughs> I think we knew collectively more about Ambridge than anyone else. Yeah. <laughs> we were very competitive. Yeah, we were very competitive. Competitive? Us. Us. <laughs> Surely not. Yes. I, I enjoyed recording at the end the, um, the episode where Grace died in the fire. Oh, yes, Baroness did a very good introduction. <laughs> yes. And, and um, Jenny Farfar, you did fantastically on the yes. sound effects. Yes, I was, it was quite stressful following the script, but I did my um, clipping hooves and um, shoes, 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 shoes in a box. Yes, yes. And I think the slow I walk back after yes. Grace yes. died. <laughs> so are we all glad we came? Very much so. Yes, thank you Definitely. very much. Thank you, yes, thank thank you, you Baroness. And um, we won... A prize that money can't buy in the um, in, in the quiz uh, on our knowledge of the archers, of, of which we did sort of wipe the floor with everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> it was the banging on the, the, the buzzer so that we got our answer in fast that showed the competitive nature. Has, has anyone got a, a, a taster of what the, the prize is and can just tell yeah, us a little bit? A taster would be about the right word. <laughs> yes. It's a top secret recipe. I think you've got it there in your hand, haven't you, uh, Hells Bells? Well, it's it's Jill Archer's famous flapjack recipe. I mean, can you can you tell us what we might need to pop to the village shop for tomorrow if we want to make it? Oh, you might need some whole rolled oats, some butter, some golden syrup, and some demerara sugar, and half a lemon. Well, we're we're all runners. We've all eaten flapjacks in our time. Does this sound like the sort of good recipe that we you know we might need to fuel up before well, I think Jill must have a secret ingredient because this does sound very much like a bog standard blackjack <laughs> recipe <laughs> well I'm sure we're all going to enjoy making our, our flapjacks when we get home thanks for, for coming along everyone today it's been great to meet you all and um, hopefully we might even be able to put a bit of our a little dramatic um, Grace Archer episode into the podcast as well but I suppose now we ought to go out on a tumpty 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 our third featured should fetchy is on this crowdsource best bits podcast is from iShep who is multitasking in March let's have a listen Hello Fetchies, this is Aishep. I'm at the start line of the Green Man Ultra. This will be my sixth time doing this. 45 mile lap round Bristol. I'm standing here with uh, Mrs Shep, Barefoot M, who's marshalling today. My plan today is to try and get all ten of this month's treasure hunt items, which is something I haven't done before. And I'll try and get them all done within the race, so I'll check in with you a bit later. Bye for now. Two hours later. And just like that, I'm uh, nine and a quarter miles in. I've just pulled into checkpoint one. Still feeling good. 
quite a way to go yet. Despite all the flooding and the rain that we've had so far, conditions are remarkably good. It's been very muddy in places and quite slippy, but nowhere near as bad as I thought it was going to be. And actually some of the fields that I've done previously are more sort of chewy underfoot rather than soggy, which is nice. So, uh, long way to go yet. I've got, uh, I think, probably three of my treasure hunt photos so far, and I've just spotted a hydrant sign as I'm speaking to you. So I'm off to snap that now and uh, crack on to checkpoint two. Speak soon. Two hours later. At the stroke of midday, pretty much, I just happened to have passed Blind Cider coming the other way. Just out for a little jog while we get on with our slightly bigger jog. Got a nice high five off him anyway. Coincidentally, this point, I've got exactly one whole marathon left to go. Just over 19 and a half miles gone. One marathon to go. Let's do it. A little later. Hello, fetches again. Just past the marathon mark. My watch says 26.3 miles gone, and my navigation is saying 20.7 miles to go. Which, if you've been paying attention, and your mass is good, you will realise that since we last spoke, I've had to add on about two miles, thanks to a farmer who was a bit sniffy about lots of muddy runners running through his field on a public footpath because the lambing was going on. But uh, not to worry, we're back on track. As I say, a little over 20 miles to go. The good news, by the way, is that I am just ahead of the 10-hour Time Lord, who is what we call the pacers in this event. There are Time Lords for 9, 10, 11, and 12 hours, 12 hours being the cutoff. My PB on this course, albeit in the summer in the opposite direction, and it's nice and dry, it's 10 hours 14. Doing this winter one, with all the mud, I think the best I've managed is uh, about five minutes under 11 hours. So at the moment, all being well, if I can stay ahead, this will be a massive PB for me. I'll be chuffed a bit. One hour later. Okay, veggies. Just left checkpoint three. I am in some discomfort now, you could say. Stood around for a bit chatting and recharging my watch and recharging my water bottles, etc. And my legs have stiffened up something rotten. I've got just over 10 miles to the next checkpoint, which is the final one. And from there, it's a mere two park runs to the finish. By which time it should be getting dark, I imagine. The 10 hour Time Lord caught me up in the checkpoint and set off again. She wasn't happy at the uh, diversion we had to do, so she wasn't hanging around. I should have mentioned that earlier, by the way. For the first time, I believe, in the race's history, 10-hour Time Lord is actually a Time Lady, which is fitting on International Women's Day. And the 11-hour Time Lord just came into the checkpoint just before I left, so let's hope I can stay ahead of him. If I can finish before uh, 10.55, I'll still be over the moon because that will still be a PB on the winter course and I didn't expect to get anywhere near that. Just wanting to get round is the main thing within the 12 hour cutoff. So let's hope the legs free up a bit and I can uh, start getting some speed back on. And uh, let's also hope that somebody's picked up the gloves I've just dropped in the checkpoint. Okay, bye for now. Three hours later. Can you move it along? I'm all out of time, guys. Well, this is it, Fetchies. I've just left checkpoint four, the final checkpoint. 
6.5 miles to go to the finish line. The sun is just approaching the horizon. I'll probably be down by the time I get there. Thoughts of a PB are fading. I need to get there in sort of an hour and 20. An hour and 20 to do six and a half miles normally wouldn't be a problem, but I'm barely moving at the moment. It is tough going. These are going to be a long, well, I know from experience, these are a long six and a half miles. There's hills and more to the point, there's achy legs. But home straight, can't give in now. Almost there. Yada, yada, yada. See you at the finish line. One eternity later. Well then, Fetchies, I am in the grounds of Ashton Court Mansion. Just passing the mansion house itself, which means I've got the last 600 yards to go. I've just got to traverse a field and back into the school field where we started at 8 o'clock this morning. Time now is 7.15pm. Since we last spoke, I talked of the tall order of uh, the potential for a PB. And long story short, I went for it. And uh, I fairly impressed myself with how much speed I managed to find for a while. However, I knew I had a long, long uphill to get up to the downs in Bristol from the uh, sort of sea mills direction. I had to get up there before I could even think of running again. Once I got up there, God, there was an icy wind. And uh, pretty much blew the wheels off trying to go for that PB. I was in quite a lot of pain trying to get up the further hill after the downs up to Clifton Observatory before dropping down again, which was almost as painful, probably as painful. So that I could cross the Clifton Suspension Bridge and cut across into the grounds of Ashton Court. Okay, finish line in sight. Having done the last couple of miles very, very slowly, a very painful, noisy walk. Passes by, must have been wondering why I was grunting and growling so much. I'm going to see if I can manage a little run. best be described as a shuffle at the moment and I'm just heading for the last gap in the uh, school field fence and that is the last one. 50 metres tops let's see if I've got anything left in these legs I think my legs are on their last legs if that's even a thing Right, I can see the avenue of flags. There's three other runners just ahead of me. I don't think I'm going to be passing them. They're going for it, I'm going for it. There's three hand in hand. What a sight to behold. Oh. oh, I think I've got both feet off the ground at the same time. Just about. There we go. Cheering already, not quite there yet. Last 10 metres. 
ran over the line. Oh, there we go. There we go. And there's Barefoot M waiting for me. So, well hello, done. Fitchies. Hello, Fitchies. There we go. I'm having my chip off me. Can I touch you? Yes, indeed. Yes. You want some illumination? I care about you. There we go. Yeah, taking off her? my very muddy chip out from my ankle. Do you want your jumper? Total time 11.22. Total distance 46.8 miles. Oh, 62. Oh, 62. That's, thank you very much. Cheers. I now have a nice big medal. Thanks, Richies. See you later. April brought us gin tasting. So Wine Legs had actually made the gin and she delivered the gin to us whilst also doing her um, allowed daily uh, exercise. And then we all got together on, um, I think it was a Facebook video or WhatsApp video. Yeah. And we spent a couple of hours drinking the gin and then we thought it would be a good idea to do a piece for the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, so here it is. I just press record. You've just pressed record. I've just pressed record, yeah. <laughs> so now, look at this. <laughs> so, yeah, we're all going really quiet now. See you, James. James is gone. That's no good. I mean, Binks. Binks is gone. I we didn't pick that up. I don't know, I'll review the, the footage later. I'll review it earlier. <laughs> review it yesterday. Is this, is this the one with the LSD in it, or uh, or what? Explain. I don't know. Well, for the recording. Okay, right. So, hello, Fetchies. Hello. Um, we are... Hello. <laughs> The delay works really well, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. How are you today? <laughs> so we've been drinking gin. Um, and when I say we, we have. I'm joined here by Katie. I'm here. Yes. And Elsie too. Hello. <laughs> and Wine Legs. Cheers. <laughs> and Nightjar. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> and Silver Shadow. Hiya. Uh... So the, <laughs> there's a tiny bit... Tiny... <laughs> there's a tiny bit of a delay, I think, on the, like mm. the, the sound or something. So um, Wine Legs has delivered us some lockdown sort of speakeasy gin varieties, and we've been tasting them uh, quite consistently for the last... <laughs> hour and a half I think um, so yeah can I just also say though that um, Wine Legs uh, did deliver these gins to us but she did it whilst doing her prescribed one a day exercise as well as fitting in some shopping for essential gluten free products you can say That's that true. you've just said that I've just fact. said it I can yes. say it I did say it it was a big one. It was oh. what? Oh, yes, and Binks did yours, that's right. Ah, yeah. Elsie, you were going to say something? Yeah, Binks delivered mine on his one run of the day. Ah. Oh, yeah. Boris Johnson would be very proud of us. So, can, so yeah, that, what I was going to say was, if I can get it out, 
Which was your favourite gin, Elsie 2? Uh, the gingerbread. Okay, and Silver Shadow? Yeah, it was the gingerbread number five. And Nightjar? My favourite. Yeah, I think we're all going to go that way, aren't we? Maybe. And Wine Legs? I'm definitely a fan of the gin gin gingerbread. And Binks can't because he's drinking beer? Um, I like What's the- your name? <laughs> I liked the cinnamon one initially, and then the gingerbread one arrived, and I was like... Which yeah. was the cinnamon one? That was number three. Oh, I liked number two. Which was number two, Wine Legs? Citrus Explosion. Citrus Explosion. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, to everybody who's out there on lockdown, um, we're raising a glass to you now. So yes. this is our equivalent of the 8pm clap. Yeah. <laughs> cheers. But you can't see a doctor for these days because they're all busy. <laughs> but cheers. cheers. Wherever you are. Cheers. And it was a good month with a lovely contribution from the scribbler. Hello, Fetchies. It's the scribbler here. And I thought I'd send you a little recording of me walking along the sand beside the sea. Sorry if that makes some of you sad because you can't get near a beach right now. But this is my local beach. It's practically at the bottom of my road. It's called Tynemouth Long Sands. And it's a beautiful stretch, about half a mile of golden sand and today the waves are very gentle less than a foot high I run and I walk along this route all the time I have done for over 10 years and today I'm more grateful for it than ever I usually run up high above the beach along the footpaths but sometimes I'll drop down at the end of my run and run along the beach Today I'm walking and I've taken my shoes and socks off. The water's a little bit cold still for paddling and plodging, but it's still really lovely to feel the sand beneath my feet. Yesterday I did a long run and I listened to the latest Fetch podcast. It really made me smile. It was kind of like having friends with me. So thank you Fetch and Katie for creating something really wonderful, both through the podcast and this amazing community of people, most of whom I've never met. But I feel like you're friends and some of you feel like family. tough times at the moment and we're all dealing with our own challenges in different ways I just wanted to share a little bit of peace and quiet and calm and loveliness from my little spot here in the northeast coast so fetchies wherever you are whoever you're with stay safe Stay well and uh, let's meet again someday.
neither of us can actually talk at the moment, really. Both of us have got tears in our eyes. That was lovely. Yeah. Utterly. Um, I think we're all taking a bit of time to listen to the places where we're in. So um, stuff around us that you sort of take for granted um, just gets amplified a little bit more. So the wildlife, the what's happening in nature, the sounds, even the weather, you just it becomes more of a an event because it's more important to your to your well being and to your to your everything and to how you feel about the day. Um, so it was really lovely to yeah to hear that and and the lovely words that you included about the community as well. Yeah, that was really really lovely. Thank you very much. Yeah. May's contribution is from our website host, Ian talking about his spina bifida and Katie talking about bees. I don't know whether like people know this or not. You, why don't you tell them this? Okay, so um, I had spina bifida myelomeningocele. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I like the fact that it's got ninja in the middle. <laughs> um, and so when I was born... They um, were strongly, and when I say they, I mean doctors, nurses, people at the hairdressers, um, <laughs> were suggesting to my parents that it would be highly unlikely that I'd be able to walk, uh, I'd be incontinent, I would be, um, you know, wheeled around everywhere, have to um, have everything done for me. Live at home. Live at home, have to go to uh, a special school for special kids, and... Um, I'm thinking about that I, I know people who've had to deal with that yeah. and I know it, it's been tough on, on the people who've had to deal with it and yeah I. so what happened changed my parents' lives as well as mine Yeah. I think about it like that um, and your sister yeah, everybody yeah um, so anyway, I had corrective surgery when I was six days old and um, before or at some point during the process, um, I don't think literally the doctor um, turned over his or her shoulder and said, here are the chances. I think it was probably not during the operation. Anyway, I'm burbling along. Anyway, they said the chances of it all sort of being a total success with no uh, side effects was equivalent to winning the pools twice. Um, that's something that's always stuck with my dad. Um, and strangely enough... Yes? Strangely enough, even though I gave them the, the luck of winning the pools twice by having this successful yeah. outcome, mm-hmm. my dad was still doing the pools when... Um, I, I remember it when I was in you know my single figure years. Yeah. He was still playing the pools. So <laughs> my my dad was being a bit greedy. They're going for a third pools win. Maybe he just thought, well, we've had this bit of luck. Yeah. With this two two equivalent two in a in a row. 
So let's crack on and actually see if we can get the the thing. But but in all seriousness, I mean, it it constantly, for me, when I see Ian doing something, you know, like a little bit, like, for example, stepping down from a workbench in the garden, having spent an hour or so, you know, pulling ivy off a wall quite enthusiastically and stepping down and having the balance and the coordination and all of that stuff. It just constantly amazes me that you were in that situation as a baby. And can I just point out as well, not only did you change or did that surgeon change your parents' life and your sister's life, but all the fetchies as well, because I can't imagine there would have been a fetch everyone. Um, Yeah, I mean, who knows? Who knows what? It wouldn't have been a running site. It might have been something else. You might have done something else that would have been that would have been amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I might have, uh, you know, got in the way of my parents at the enchantment (laughs) under the sea. Dan, (laughs) you're getting. I think you're getting your times all a bit muddled there, love. Yeah, Um, but But yeah, who knows what would have happened? Anyway, yeah, uh, yeah. Like pretty much any time, I feel like um, you know I'm feeling down and I don't feel down very often but anytime I do it is a nice thing to remind myself just how lucky I yeah. am um, and it's always been there like a little all and all literally all it is is just a little a little bumpy bit at the base of my spine it's a swirly bit of hair and scar tissue yeah and um yeah it always makes me sort of smile when I see it because I just think wow you join us now live for the Fetch Everyone podcast. Please don't say f*** or b***h. I'm here mm-hmm. and I'm good. I have had a very exciting 24 hours. I'm still buzzing. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, we've had a visit from... A colony of bees. Yeah. And it's just been fantastic. And I know for some people that would be a really horrible trigger and scary and everything, but I have just loved every second of it. And when you say a colony, just to put that into perspective... Okay, yeah. So it wasn't really a whole colony. Okay, so it was half a colony, but Mm. that's still like an unknown number. Like, you know, how how many bees make up a colony? Wow. Okay, so our bee lady... Yeah. Came out. I hope you've all got a good bee lady, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we keep one on the staff, you know. <laughs> bee lady. So I'm going to start from the beginning. From the um, beginning. From the beginning. Right, the bee puns. Um, my neighbour knocked on my door and said, "Shut your windows and doors. There's a swarm." And and I ran through to the back of the house and everything was shut anyway. And there was literally a cloud and the most amazing buzzing sound in the sky. And it mm. was hovering over our two gardens. And um, I was already extremely excited about it all. And um, we, we watched as they gradually appeared to dissipate and go away. And, and that was that, I thought. I went through to have a socially distant visit with my my mum outside and my son came through and said I think the bees have settled in our garden and I'll put some pictures up 
but they had basically formed a kind of a, I think it's called a swarm when they're all around the queen, isn't it? But they were in a kind of like a pineapple shape hanging from a branch on Those one of our... pineapples last week were prophetic. Oh my goodness me, it's all about the pineapples. So they were basically hanging there, resting in the garden. And um, I am very lucky to know a beekeeper who, who has um, hives out at Cardington. And... I gave her a call and she was very pleased and happy to come and collect the bees. And so I've had, I had such a lovely afternoon. I watched her do the, the thing that they do to collect bees. So they had this kind of temporary polystyrene hive and she put it underneath the pineapple of bees and shook the branch and they all kind of just went, all right, plop into the box. Um, but there were a few still flying around. So we stayed in my garden at, obviously, social distance and chatted um, and caught up on family stuff while the bees gradually made their way to their queen, which had obviously gone in, into, the, into the box. Um, and she estimated that um, there was about 25,000 bees in this um, swarm. That's a lot of bees. That's <laughs> a lot of bees. And she said that normally what happens um, when a colony needs to split, about 40% of the colony leaves, forms a swarm around a new queen and they head off um, to find a new home. And so they were just resting in our garden, basically. They they, they just needed somewhere to to rest. Um, And so she took them when they'd all settled into the box and she took them off and she sent me the most beautiful video of her transferring them into their new home. Yeah. And she was so gentle with them all and it was so sweet to see how she tried very hard to make sure all of them were okay. And I think part of that is that if you kill one of the colony, even by accident, it does wind them all up a bit. They all get a rage. They release some kind of chemical and they all get quite cross. Um, so I have videos and photos and I'm really happy to share that. I've shared some of it on Facebook, <clears throat> on my road group, our road group. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure it would be okay for me to share yeah. them a little bit we're, more we're gonna widely. We're going to check and if, if the lady is happy for a video to yeah. go out there, we'll, we'll put it on YouTube and put yeah. a link in the show notes yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Um. Um, so that was lovely. And then, so left behind was a little group of bees because you just can't get bees to all just do what you want them to do believe yeah. it or not fetchies and um, there was a little clump left behind that was sort of flying around and then gradually through the evening they formed a kind of very tiny mini swarm of about 20 and and huddled together on our garden furniture um and we put the the outside light on at about uh, 10 o'clock last mm. night it was dark outside and they were all as close together as you can get these yeah. And we all had the same reaction, which was, oh. Yeah. Um, so they were obviously missing their, their queen and the rest of their, their bee fam. Yeah. Um, and they'd all just huddled together at the last known spot. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Apparently the spot where they, they formed the pineapple will be very smelly of the queen. Hmm. So um, that's, where, that's why they sort of hung around there. Um, so I, I phoned the bee lady. She's been so patient with me, and um, she came out this morning to collect the last of the bees. I had managed to get the clump or part of the clump into a box, 
and I've even caught one bee in a jar. Yeah, I think it was a, a like formerly a honey jar as well. So it's like the irony is off the scale. Yeah. So there was so there was one bee in one jar, about ten bees in a in a plastic box, and then she came out with her her bee food, and she put it on the the sofa, and we managed to get another five bees. Mm. So sixteen more bees have headed off. I mean, this does sound a bit crazy, and I think even bee lady seemed to think that I was getting quite extremely anxious about making sure all the bees got to the got well, to the queen. Well, you would, wouldn't you? You got to got to look after them all, got to treat yeah. them all equally. Yeah. Um, but she was telling me a bit about the bee food, mm. and um, it's basically sugar and water. So, um, like we've, I guess, lots of you have listening have tried this where you put a bit of sugar water on a, yeah. a spoon for a, a lone bee yeah. in an attempt to give it something to get it mm. going again so mm. yeah sugar water so yeah yeah halfway through the year and it's a solstice contribution hello fetchies this is barefoot m it is the 20th of june the longest day, the summer solstice, and I am taking part in a ridiculous event. I am running one mile. I'm going to try and run one mile on the hour, every hour for 24 hours. I've run the first of those miles at 8am this morning. Um, I'm about to run the second of those. It's currently quarter to nine. I'm going to attempt to complete this month's treasure hunt as the 24 hours progresses. And I thought I'd keep you updated as the day goes on. Uh, speak to you later. Zip, 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 zip. Hello, Fetchies. So it is now 2.40. I've just finished mile seven. Um, and I'm about to go up for mile eight. Uh, I've got seven of ten of the treasure hunt items already. I'm still missing the moon, which is not... Um, surprising I guess uh, something for sale and the dovecot um, which is definitely going to be tricky I think that's going to be my tricky one um, but I might have a bit of a plan about that uh, the others have been reasonably easy so we'll see what happens in the coming miles zip, 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 zip. So we've reached the halfway point. Uh, mile 12 was magic mile number two. That was the sprint mile. There was a lot of talk on the Facebook page um, of people saying, I'm not sprinting anything after <laughs> after 12 of these miles. Um, I actually managed to do my fastest mile of the event so far, which I'm really pleased about. Um it certainly wasn't fast by anyone's standard, but it was my fastest one so far. So I'm, I'm pleased with that. Uh, and we've done mile 13 since then, uh, which was the third magic mile, um, a later edition, uh, the booze mile, which would have been fantastic had I not have been put on antibiotics for a poorly tooth on Wednesday. And I can't drink anything. So I have just been made by my eldest son a non-alcoholic pan-galactic gargle blaster. For those doing this month's treasure hunt, this is a nod to um, one of the treasure hunt clues, uh, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. So I'm having a lovely um, pan-galactic gargle blaster as my um, my booze mile, uh, mile 13 drink. Um, and it's very nice, very green. 
very nice. Um, and onwards to mile 14. Zip, 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 zip. Hi Fetchies, this is what mile 20 at 3am sounds like. It's actually calmed down quite a bit now. Really quite wet. In contrast, mile 24 at 7am was bright sunshine and lovely and warm. An excellent way to finish a very, very challenging event. Total mileage at the end was 26.24 miles. Um, and that was run and walked by both me and Ishep, and most of it was covered by our 16-year-old son running buttons. So massive, massive well done to those two as well. Thanks very much for listening. Um, and if you're ever thinking about doing something like this, it's harder than it sounds. <laughs> most people go from A to B, but we've gone from J to J. We've gone from January to June. You've heard the best bits of the FetchEveryone.com podcast. How far is the man behind the magic of all of this? He's been back through the podcast forum uh, thread and he's gone and looked from January last year right through to December and found all your lovely comments on the thread about your favourite bits. And then he's gone back and found all the podcasts, cut and spliced out all the pieces that he's wanted to and pasted it all together again um, for you to have a listen to the best bits of January to June, June 2020 Fetch Everyone podcast. Sounds like there's going to be a part two, doesn't there? Well, that's something to look forward to and something for you to think about what bits are going to be in the July to December edition of the Favourite Bits 2020 podcast. Anyway, that's it for now. Take care of yourselves, Fetches. I hope 2021 brings you better everything than 2020 but having just heard this podcast you know there were some good bits in 2020 take care for now i've been fen and flyer love and kisses best wishes virtual hugs to you all take care bye bye <laughs>